On today's episode, we're gearing up for Mandalorian Season 3 coming out this Wednesday. We're going to talk about our theories and speculation, what we can expect to see from the show. We're also going to talk about a secret Dave Filoni project that he's been working on that no one seems to know what it's about. And finally, we're going to discuss the future of the Mandalorian franchise, how it connects to the other TV universe shows, and how long Favreau thinks this series could be running for. All of that and more today on Han Talks First. So who talks first? You talk first. I talk first. Welcome back, everybody, to episode two of season five of Han Talks First. I'm Han, the captain of this podcast, and we got some interesting stuff to talk about today. Obviously, we're mainly going to focus on The Mandalorian because finally the wait is over. It has been a very long hiatus ever since the pandemic and all, all these complications surrounding it that has pushed back this series. But it's finally coming back on Wednesday, and you know we're going to be doing reviews, reactions right here on Han Talks First. I'm excited. I loved that season finale of season two. It was incredible and emotional. And just seeing Luke again, seeing all the, the great de-aging work on him, seeing him like wreck shop, just go in there and beat those uh, battle droids. I forget what they're called. The Dark Troopers. That's it. And seeing him connect with Grogu and all that, I, I'm, I'm excited. I love this series. I, I rarely like television. But recently, not just Mando, but like all these other shows that are coming out, The Last of Us, we got some great television shows. And we just had Andor, which is really great too. So I'm excited, and I see a lot of other people are really hyped about it as well. So two more days, that's all we got to wait. So we're obviously going to talk about season three, what I think is going to happen, what we can expect to see. But before we jump into it, I found an interesting article online talking about Dave Filoni and how he's working on a Star Wars project that is not Ahsoka, Mando, or Skeleton Crew. So for the past few months, there has been word going around that Dave Filoni is leading a new project at Lucasfilm. And it's not Mandalorian Season 4, either. Now, of course, the source is anonymous. They always are. But it leads me to wonder what this could be, because we know he was working really hard on Ahsoka. They wrapped shooting about a year ago, we saw a little bit of the footage at Celebration, and it looks really great. I'm, I love Rosario Dawson in the role. We know he's working on animated stuff with The Bad Batch. He's executive producing that. He's also working in tandem with Jon Favreau on the Skeleton Crew and, of course, Mando. But what is this new project that he's working on? I, for one, think it could potentially be another animated series. Knowing Dave Filoni, he loves animation. And, you know, Rebels was fantastic. I love that show. It's it's. One of my favorite Star Wars shows of all time. One of my favorite animated shows of all time. So I think he could be developing a new series of that, especially since reviews for Bad Batch and viewership for Bad Batch has dropped significantly low. I didn't watch season two. Hell, I didn't even finish season one. It just wasn't for me. I wasn't feeling it. I did enjoy the first episode of Bad Batch. But then after that, I don't know. It wasn't bad. It just... It wasn't doing it for me, you know? So I guess the big question I want to ask you guys today is, have you heard about this? Do you know anything that I don't know? And what do you think he could be working on? Now, another theory could be that it's Boba Fett season two, and Dave Filoni will be taking a much larger role in the creative side of that series because him and Favreau weren't directly involved with the day-to-day -day on that first season. Look, I did not like the book of Boba Fett. I thought it was just 
bad. And I think doing a second season is a waste of resources. <laughs> I just can't imagine them going forward with that. Now, obviously, Boba Fett is going to come back. He's in the posters for season three of The Mandalorian. So we're not done with him. But to try and reapproach season two of Boba Fett, it just wouldn't make much sense to me because you never established in the first season what he wants in his life. I mean, if you think about it, he went to Tatooine to take control of Jabba's palace and that territory of the, the gangsters there. But then by the end of it, he's like, eh, I didn't really want that anyway. So it's like, well, then what, what, what was the point of this whole show? And there was tons of other stuff about it too. Just the filmmaking in general, the storytelling, it just didn't work for me. If it worked for you guys, that's awesome. Again, to you guys, what do you think he could be working on? And would you want to see a Book of Boba Fett season two? So transitioning back into Mandalorian a little bit, I wanted to address something that ties into Book of Boba Fett, and that is Grogu's story. Grogu and Din's story. Now, obviously, for those of us that watched Book of Boba Fett, we know that they make an appearance in episodes, I think it was six and seven. And the whole episodes are dedicated to just them, which was fantastic. Those were the best episodes of that show. I don't even consider it part of the Book of Boba Fett because it was so different and way more engaging. Just way more. The big question is, the viewership for Book of Boba Fett was not great, or at least not on the level of Mandalorian as it was. And a lot of people who watch Mando probably didn't tune in for Book of Boba Fett because I'm talking general audiences here, not the Star Wars nerds like me and you. So if they go into Mandalorian season three and they see Grogu again, will they be confused? I know that's a huge question that's been making its rounds all over the internet. And it's a fair question. Now, obviously, they're going to do some sort of recap for the beginning of the season that's coming out. Things that happened in those two episodes of Book of Boba Fett were very significant to the overall story of Grogu and Din Djarin. And I think seeing it in the context of the full episodes themselves is what makes them so impactful. So Favreau actually made some comments about this and about the whole telling Mando's story inside the Book of Boba Fett. And he related it to being inspiration from the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And we have a clip here, so check this out. Very uh, astute right now. And, and they're, in, they're talking to one another. If you look on YouTube or you look on uh, any social media, there are discussion groups and videos that, where people are filling each other in on things. So there's a lot of, uh, a lot of um, thought put into the interpretation of what's, what's presented. And, and I, I was really amazed at how people followed, because I was there for the beginning, but it became incredibly more complex as time went on and all the way up through the Russo brothers and the, and the, and the latest um, Avengers films. And what was interesting is that they could do chapters that were not in the specific storylines of the characters that would affect characters and for the Avengers. So like Captain Marvel being introduced, Black Panther. So I learned a lot by watching how um, sophisticated the audiences were. And people are very quick to fill each other in. So I felt that I had the liberty to not spend all the time with those two characters apart uh, in The Mandalorian and spend that time in the Book of Boba Fett as chapters that were, as though it were a novel where there were chapters that dealt with different characters. And everybody seems to follow it. And of course, thanks to Disney Plus, you could go back and watch certain episodes. And we're also gonna have recaps that we put together for people who are maybe more casual viewers who wanna be brought up to speed after two years 
and reminded where the characters were. But uh, Grogu has developed a lot, and now time has even passed since the Book of Boba Fett, and since he's trained with Luke, as you can see, his uh, force powers have gotten greater. So I 100% get what he's saying, and in some regards, I totally agree. However, the thing that he's not keeping in mind here is that what Marvel did, or what they do to a level of a certain degree today, is that each of their films could be a potential entry point for any casual viewer. And you didn't have to keep up with all the movies in order to understand the overall arching narrative, and you could just sit down and enjoy a single film. Now, today, that's a little different with things like Doctor Strange 2, because it heavily relies on the the setup for Wanda in the Scarlet Witch, what was it called? Scarlet Vision TV show. So there's, there's certain nuances there that don't really make it a valid entry point. Now, with things like television, that's a little harder, because then you're going to ask the audience to have a lot of required viewing hours. You miss two episodes of Book of Boba Fett, you go into season three of Mando, and you're confused about Grogu. Well, obviously you can go back and watch those other episodes, but the season, this the whole show in a containment, The Mandalorian, has to be a consistent entry-level point for one casual viewer, for example. And we'll have to judge it once once we see the first episode this Wednesday of Mando to see how they do it. If they do it in a way that is effective and very informative of what happened before, then it, it works. So, and look, I trust Favreau. I think he's a great storyteller. I love basically all of his films. Maybe not Cowboys and Aliens, but every other film I really like. Even Zathura. I love Zathura. I don't care what anybody says. That movie is awesome. But we see now that there's more inspiration taken from the MCU with things like Skeleton Crew and Ahsoka because characters overlap. Now with the Ahsoka series, that's a little different. I don't think that will confuse audiences because the role she had in Mandalorian season two, I think the biggest thing that you can consider to be relevant to her series is the questions she asks about where is Thrawn. And that leads me into the next topic here, so there's been tons and tons of fan speculation throughout the years that they are building this Mando-verse. Obviously, it is, a, it is a universal concept because all the shows that are shepherded by Favreau, Filoni, and the team, they all take place in that post-Return of the Jedi or Second Son, uh, aka Death Star 2, time period. However, some new information has come out that states maybe this could be true, that it's all leading up to one big finale, whether it's a movie or big series finale, and connecting all of the shows together. So Favreau recently, you know, he's doing this press tour, this cute bunch of Q&As for Mandalorian Season 3, and we're getting a lot of information out of him. And one of the things that he said about Season 4 of The Mandalorian is that he's completely finished writing it, and it's actually expected to go into production in October, which is great because that means we're probably going to get it next year, and we don't have to wait as long like we did for Season 3. And here's what he had to say. Season 4? Yeah, I've written it already. We have to know where we are going to tell a fully formed story. So we had mapped it out, Dave Filoni and I, and then slowly you just write each episode. So I was writing it during post-production because all of it has to feel like a continuation and one full story. And then Dave is doing Ahsoka, which I'm in production with him, and he's the writer and showrunner on that. 
And so to understand what is happening on the shows, or even Skeleton Crew, they all take place in the same Star Wars time period. So there's a lot more things that we have to keep in mind and stuff that we have to build up to from previous episodes or seasons of The Mandalorian as well. So these are the comments that he made recently, and I think... Considering all that, it does sound like they're building up to one big event or just a bunch of crossovers heavily inspired by the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And so he went on and mentioned the things that are included, Skeleton Crew, um, Mando, Boba Fett, Ahsoka. But it's interesting to think about the shows that are not in this time period, such as The Acolyte or Obi-Wan or Andor. None of these shows that I mentioned had any involvement from Filoni or Favreau themselves. Sure, they probably came in and consulted on a few things, but they weren't, they didn't have a title on those projects. So those series aren't going to connect, which is interesting because then it gets even more confusing for the casual viewer. Because if you're watching one show and you're thinking it's going to connect to something, or you watch it because you think it's required viewing and it ends up not connecting, will that confuse people more? Or will it make people disappointed? It's an interesting topic. It's an interesting question to ask, but I, for one, am looking forward to all these shows. I'm going to watch it regardless. I don't care if it connects or not, but I'm interested to see how the general audiences accept this because it's not really conventional, and it seems like there's two divisions right now. There's the post-Return of the Jedi, Second Son, and then there's everything else. So I don't know. Let me know what you guys think about those comments and where you think everything's going to connect in this. Do you think it's building up to a Thrawn, a big bad Thanos Thrawn? I love Thrawn. I loved him in Rebels, and he was fantastic in the Heir to the Empire trilogy. And of course, his Thrawn trilogy too, which um, Timothy Zahn is a great writer, and he wrote a great character. All right, so finally, let's talk about season three of The Mandalorian, where we think it's going, what the future of the story holds, and what we want to see happen. So obviously there's things like we want to see more of Grogu's backstory. There was hints to it in the trailer. We got a little bit more in Boba Fett. And I really want to know who saved him. You know, I want to know more about the species, actually. I want to know where they're from. You know, if he has any connection to Yoda at all. Are they an endangered species? That would be interesting. Why are they also, at least the ones we know about, very connected to the Force? You know, things, questions like that I would love to see. And then obviously people ask too, is, is Grogu going to become a Mandalorian? Is he going to get his little armor, which tons of people have done concept art for, and it just makes everyone like curl up into a ball of cuteness. So there's that. And there's also Bo-Katan. She wants the Darksaber. She wants to rule Mandalore. It's her her right, um, her, her heir. Is that what it is? Her, um, she's the heir apparent. So there's that. And she's obviously not happy with it. She did an interview a while ago talking about um, what she's going to do about it. And when she saw the poster, her immediate reaction was, what's he doing with my Darksaber? You better give me that back. So there's an interesting story to be told there. And of course, the whole civil war between the Mandalore and then Din Djarin's clan, his like little cult clan of the this is the way people. So there's that. But then there's also Moff Gideon. You know, what happened to this guy? Where did he go off to? How will he come back? Something I think we could see, actually, is Moff Gideon still has a certain amount of power within what remains of the Empire. And obviously, they're going back to Mandalore in Season 3. For the first time, we'll get to see it full-fledged, full-force, live-action, on-screen, at least in a bigger way. And then I think how we could see Moff Gideon 
coming into this story is that beneath uh, the surface planet of Mandalore, there are the Mandalore mines, which are loaded with Beskar. And it was known throughout history that, especially after the, the war and the purge, that the Empire was mining those mines for Beskar armor because it's very valuable and very rare. And there's, I would think, this is my theory, that possibly there are some people of the Empire still down there mining and Moff Gideon will take control. Maybe he will also come in and have a three-way battle between Bo, Din, and himself for the Darksaber and rule of Mandalore. Or maybe he did rule Mandalore at one point. I don't know. So there's tons of Moff Gideon speculation out there. And I mentioned the Mandalore thing. So John Favreau actually talked about this too and about how we're going to experience the world of Mandalore for one of the first times in this show. And here's what he had to say. Dave and his team from the Clone Wars did a lot of heavy lifting when it came to the development of Mandalore. I found it very compelling that this planet was very desolate, not because that's the ecosystem that they had existed historically, but because that they have so many wars and civil wars and conflict between the tribes. And you have this warrior culture that couldn't stop fighting among themselves. And so the planet was turned into a wasteland long before the purge and the empire. And of course, when you're fighting amongst yourselves, it makes it and much more difficult to face an outside threat. And so it's that sort of tragic history that the planet has, but also a romantic vision of what it once was. We inherited the designs from Dave and his team. And then we wanted to show what happened and we make some allusions to the purge of Mandalore. In the Book of Boba Fett, we show a montage of the destruction. And now, when we return to the planet, we get to see all the stark sunlight, what the aftermath of all the destruction was. So if any of you want to know a brief history about the civil wars on Mandalore and the, the civil wars and tie-ins to things like the Old Republic, things like that, I did a video on it a, a little while ago. You can go find it. Uh, if, I, if I find it, I'll put it in the description down below. But a very unique history and you should also watch a little bit of rebels too and of course clone wars because they explored a lot in there as well so this answers a bunch of questions about the aesthetic tone that we might see when visiting mandalore again but again the question is where is that going what can we see happen who's going to rule mandalore will it once go back to the thriving system that it once was so let me know in the comments down below what you think one more thing is Mandalorian season three. A lot of people have been speculating how many seasons will it have? Well, I, for one, I thought it would be four. And I thought maybe two years ago that maybe Favreau had an overarching plan about where it was going. He knew the ending and we were building up to it. Well, again, in another interview, he recently said something that sounds like he does not have an end game for the Mandalorian show. And here's what he had to say. No, I don't have an ending in mind. I think the beauty of this is that it's a middle of a chapter in a larger story. And though we'll have resolution over time with these characters, I think that how these characters fit into the larger scope and scale, but it's not like there's a finale that we're building to or have in mind. Quite the contrary. I love for these stories to go on and on. And so these characters potentially could be with us for a while. And I really love telling stories in their voice. And I love the way the adventures unfold. And I'm looking forward to doing much more. I'm torn on this comment because on one hand, I, I love the serialized storytelling of the Mandalorian show. Each episode is kind of self-contained and can be its own little adventure tale. What is it called? Swashbuckling serials back from the 
50s and 60s, <laughs> just like George Lucas originally envisioned everything. You know, I'm, I'm one of the few people who really loved every episode of season two, except for that one where Din showed his face. I really did not like that episode at all. Um, but the episode where they went to the ice planet, I loved it. That was one of my favorites, actually. Peyton Reed, by the way, who also did the finale. I think he was the standout director of season two. But anyway, I love that each, especially for season two, each episode was almost like a monster flick, a monster adventure. You know, we had the crate dragon at the beginning, which I always wanted to see a crate dragon realized in live action, and I was not disappointed. But anyway, I love the serialized storytelling, the adventure of the week type thing. However, I do like that there's an overarching narrative, some kind of major arc that is taking place. And it concerns me a very small amount that they don't have an endgame in mind. The good thing about that is we might have five, six, seven, eight seasons of The Mandalorian, which is pretty awesome. And that means we can do all kinds of stories, all, towards, all sorts of characters, more tie-ins. So I don't know. What do you guys think? How long do you think Mandalorian is going to last for? Do you think it has five more seasons under its belt? Or do you think it's going to come to a close in the next couple of years? Put it down in the comment section below. And everything else. What do you think is going to happen this season? What do you want to happen? Or what are you looking forward to? Or do you not give a crap? But guys, thank you so much for watching this video. Come back this probably Thursday because I'm going to do my review for the new episode of Mandalorian. And I'll post a reaction video as well. But you gotta subscribe or else you'll miss it. So hit the button down below, like the video, it helps me out so much, but mostly comment. I respond to all the comments. Yes, even the bad ones. And of course, next week we'll have a regular episode of Han Talks First talking about the latest news going on in the galaxy far, far away. So until next time, my friends, somehow, someway, somewhere this week, may the force be with you. So who talks first, you talk first, I talk first.